0: Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and
3: this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. On this Red Table Talk. Sometimes we see white people who are adopting black children as trying to be white saviors. Yeah. And- I get why there's
4: not trust. Why would your community trust my community with its babies?
3: We're breaking down a controversial topic. Should white people adopt black children?
4: I don't know how every person of color has gotten through this. I I, I don't understand. Yeah.
3: Best known for her role as Charlotte on Sex and the City, Kristen Davis is a single mom raising two adopted black children.
1: So this is going to be interesting today because I have to admit that, you know, I have certain feelings about this whole interracial adoption, because I think it's really, really hard raising black children today. Yeah, because
3: it's so sensitive. It is. Um, But I think we also have a lot of misunderstandings Mm -hmm. about it. But I'm so glad that Kristen is here with us today to just and willing to share about it. Yeah, to just clean up some of the misunderstandings that we have and just to educate us about the process and um, what her experiences have been. Yeah, because so I, I do know like, love is not enough. But here's the one thing I do know. We we know this in our own family. Right. It's not that black families don't adopt, because right. we do adopt. Exactly. It's that don't go through the, the we don't go through legal. the legal system. Yeah. We've had family members that have had to raise grandchildren right. five right. at a time. Right, right. You know, I've taken on right. kids. I could and have taken kn- on more.
1: Right. And people that you brought into your home and raised, but you haven't. Like, legally adopt, adopted But though.
3: that's what, that's but what people of color do. Yeah. We take other people's right. kids and raise them exactly. within our extended families. Without or... going through the system. Hello, RTT family. Today we are talking about interracial adoption, um, specifically white families that adopt black children. And we have a very special guest here today, yes, Kristen, Kristen Davis, and she is going to talk to us about her journey uh, with adopting her to beautiful black children. Thank you so much for
4: being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, this has been a topic, um, a really... Uh, a topic that I've had a lot of questions about yeah. and over and the kind years. kind of a sore
1: spot for me.
4: Yeah, for Gammy. And I understand it's a hot button. Yeah. It's, it's something that people have really strong, strong feelings about. Yeah. And obviously I have strong feelings because I love my children so right. much yeah. and they've been such a gift to me. But because my children are African-American, right. I feel like it is my duty and my job to do as much research, as much work, build as many bridges as possible because you are their community. And that is key and that is so important. So I work at that every day, trying to figure out how I can make sure they have access to the black community, that they're part of it, that they're not separated from it because we don't want to make it so that they don't fit into the black community and they don't fit into the white community.
3: Exactly.
4: Sometimes we see white people who are adopting black children as trying to be white saviors and, yeah. you know. I do feel like the white savior thing is a problem and, and it's real, so I don't want to say, you know, that that's just a myth. Right. Um, it's not really what I come across so much, you know. I do think, too, it's, it's tough because are you saying then, okay, well, don't try to do anything good because your skin is white? Right. Because mm-hmm. that's not going to work out. We can't ever succeed without the black community embracing yes. our children. Right. You don't have to embrace me; it's okay. Right. I'll be okay. My feelings will be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But I want my children to be able, you yes. know, to come to you, right. and I don't want them to be excluded just because I'm their mother. We definitely have work in that area. You
3: know, we we
4: just have, and it's just a historical thing. It's of just, course. you know, and so well, look, I get why there's not trust. Yeah, I. I get it. I get it deep in my bones why there's not trust. And why would your community trust my community with its babies? I 100% understand that. I wouldn't either. Right. What made you decide to adopt? Well, I'd already thought about it, and I don't know why, and I don't know how, but it had seemed like an option for me for a very long time. Had friends who'd adopted or wanted to adopt. And so I was kind of hearing about it, learning about it and realizing that it is quite complex. Right. And as it happens with many of us, the time was ticking and I wasn't really thinking about it. I was working. And so when it was really, it started, I'd say 38. Got it, which is, you know, a little late, but I really was like, wow, I, I feel, I feel deeply that I need to be a mother, I feel like I will feel incomplete if I don't have that experience Right. One of my big issues was, could I do it by myself? Because once I realized that I wasn't in a relationship that was necessarily Mm -hmm. that type of relationship or the relationship couldn't take that, I thought, gosh, I'm really scared. Right. But I still felt like there was a child out there that I needed to find that was my child. Yeah. I can't explain it. I get yeah. it yeah. was a spiritual kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think that what happens is by the time you get on the road to adoption, it is a long road. It's right. not an easy road. Mm-hmm. The biggest misconception is that there's some kind of like I'd like a black child. right? Yeah. <laughs> Please just like that handbag over there. Right. You know, yeah. It's it's very, very, very far from that, um, in terms of the process, in terms of what you go through for that to happen. Right. So this is an example
3: of a questionnaire that adopting parents have to answer to actually qualify to adopt. And it's pretty, I mean, pretty in-depth. It's in-depth. I think people assume that, you know, you choose a child. You do, like, when I look at this, this document and, you know, the kinds of questions that it asks you, like, would you be willing to adopt a child that might have significant physical disabilities, mm-hmm, or mild mm-hmm. mental health, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. a
3: child who might have had a parent that was addicted to cocaine? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it really is like a self exploration, like yes. of, of yes. who you are, because you deep. really it's deep. Because yes. you think, hey, listen, I'll, I'll love any child, right? Right, right. And then it has here all the different. Ethnicity. Everything, everything. Everything. That's right. Right. That's right. So when you decided to adopt, mm-hmm. did you say you wanted to adopt African
4: American children, yeah. or did you just say I would take any child that needs love? I was a little, a little thrown off by that paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like if you don't mark those boxes, like, like why would I exclude? Right. Like, if the if the right child is going to come to me, why would I say no to this, or no to that, or no to this? Got it. Like, it just seemed strange to me. It seemed racist. Right, OK. To be saying no, 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 no. Got it. Do you know? OK. That's that's
1: what it seemed to me at the time. Got it. That's my thing. That, I get that's it. kind of my fear. I feel I like it. people are so anxious and right. so desperate wanting a child right. that they'll say anything Right. And they don't really understand right. um, everything that would be involved. Right, Like, I, yeah, let me just say, oh, yeah, I'll take that. But
4: right. I, I have, of course, understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's a long and involved road. And I think even just to get on that road, you've already done a lot of soul searching. Got and it. then when they do show you that paper, you are like, whoa. Right. Oh, 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 oh.
5: You're probably careful with your personal information. But what about the other places that have it? like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed or your money back, with plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. This is it,
0: your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
1: come. Did you have to go through a, like an interview process? You have a home study process. So a
4: social worker comes to your house and interviews you at length for days and days and days. Yeah. And I was super nervous about that. The first time I was like cleaning and scrubbing and you know, you're just very scared. Like they're going right. to judge you on the cleanliness of your house, which is not what they're judging, of course. Right. But they want to ask you, have you thought about if you adopt an African-American child, how will you include that child's culture in your lives? What will you do? Right. And you're like, oh, oh my gosh, i got to think about this. And then they'll say, well, what if it was an Asian child? What right. would you do? Because I hadn't marked, you know, I had right, not, right. Wanted, you, you know, yeah. I was like, the child anybody. is going to come to me that I am supposed to have. So the social workers doing your home study, which is about like, do you own any dangerous animals? Do you, you know, blah, 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 all of those things. Do you have a pool, you know? And then also asking you a lot of questions, asking you all about your parents and how you were raised, making you sign something that you will never use physical punishment. Wow. Yes. Maybe they might say to you, we don't think that you're suited to be Mm -hmm. adopting a black child. Right. Mm -hmm. They might say that, you know, a good lawyer would, I think. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your social worker might write down on the paper, this person has no plans to include the culture. I don't think she should adopt a black child or a Latino child. That could happen Mm -hmm. for sure. So then your agency says, okay, now you need to do your education piece. You need X hours. I feel like it's 60 or 50, and you get a list of all these online courses that you can take. Okay. So when you signed up for
3: the course to raise an African American child, what did that course look like? Like what was some of the
4: information the course gave you? There were a lot of courses. One was just about hair. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because people panic. People panic. You know so what I So you what I'm took a course about I, said, when did I you took learn? so many courses, <laughs> Jada. What did you do? It's a big thing and it has a whole long cultural history to yes. it. And you absolutely need to learn because it's a bonding situation. Yes. And you can't just like send her off somewhere right. or him off, you know, to have his hair twisted right. or braided or whatever. That you need to just like you would your own child right. that you gave birth to learn what is best for their skin and their hair. Right. And that. If you don't, you will be judged harshly. Basically, okay. <laughs> so, so what happened? How, yeah. how did it come about that
3: your daughter became the child that was available for adoption?
4: We yeah. were. Ch- I was chosen. I say we because I think of me and her being together. Right. Of course. I was chosen by her birth mom. You know, they really? have choice. Yeah, they have. No, this. wait a There's minute. Court- explain that. Okay. Okay. Her, her birth mother chose, chose you. you. The birth mothers picked the adoptive parents. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. Let me say this before we continue. I also want to acknowledge the birth mothers, who I feel do not get acknowledged enough. Mm. Because no birth mother does this for, like, a casual reason. Right. It right. comes from... A tragedy, or or a situation that is 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 a negative situation, Absolutely. and it is a sacrifice of gargantuan level right. that they make. I've now met through the course of my process many birth moms, right. okay. and different situations led them to pick from different pr- perspectives. Like some were just worried about safety, right. or some were just worried about having a really strong father figure because they hadn't had one, really. or kind of trying to fulfill different you know different yeah. elements. It is difficult, but I never ever want to say that people shouldn't adopt. Yeah. I just want to say you need to be
1: always digging into what's hard. Right. How has raising black children made you more aware of white privilege?
4: This is what I want to say from a white person adopting. You absolutely do not fully understand. There's no doubt. Right there's no doubt, there's no way you could. right? Yeah. Because you could understand that you live in white privilege, and that's a theory, and you could see things, right? but it's one thing to be watching it, you know, happening to other people, people? and it's another thing when it's your child, Yeah. and you haven't personally been through it. It is, a, it's, a, it's a big issue. It's something that I think about every day and every night. That is very interesting, okay? Because it's, when you're looking
3: at situations, specifically racism happening on the outside, but then now, you have this child right who is your own she's your treasure and now you have to confront prejudices biases racism in a whole different way what have you experienced
4: well I was just horrified right you know I'm I'm, I'm still I mean it yeah. it's hard to it's it's hard to put into words really I mean there's been so many so many things over the years, Gemma's seven now.
1: Yeah.
4: But the first couple things that happened, when she was a baby and I'd be holding her in my arms, people would say to me, won't she be a great basketball player? Wow. And I would just have to be like, Right. This is a baby. hmm wow. How could you say that without just being mortified? Right. Like, mortified? Right. Oh, that was when it began. And I would just, you know, I'd be holding the baby and I'd be trying to be polite, but I'd just be like, this is really deep and bad. Right, right. And how dare they limit my child? And how dare they make that assumption? And how dare they not even know like how could they just say it like right. that? Like so casual. Right. I was like, what have people been dealing with? This is just crazy. Right. Like that was the beginning of how I still feel, basically. Got it. So then I was just like, oh God, please don't let this be everybody. But you know, as we know, our country is built on this. Right. Right. It is institutionalized. Right. right. And that's what you really come to realize as time goes on. The next really big, you know, super turning point for me was we had been going to this group where Gemma was the only African American, really fully dark black child. And there were swings, right? And there was. You were supposed to wait your turn, right? And so I'd be with Gemma, and my Gemma is like the sweetest soul, right? And she'd be waiting, I'd be sitting with her. Time would be passing, these kids would be swinging. This one girl in particular would stop swinging. She would hold the swing. She would call to another white girl across the yard and say, I'm holding the swing for you. Gemma would just sit there so quietly, and I'd be like, I can't swear, right? You can swear. I'd be like, what the f-? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, hello, like what the f- My child is sitting here, people. Gemma's sitting here and she's sitting here so patiently and she's following the rules so beautifully, yet she is still being excluded like over and over and over by this particular group of girls who are white. And it's a problem. So finally I go into the office. I'm just like, you know, steam is coming up my head. I don't understand why you're not stepping in. They said, well, you know, you don't know what those other girls are thinking. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And I don't care. I don't care. What do I care about my child? You don't know what my child is thinking. My child is probably thinking it's because she looks different. Right.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. purdue's online university for working adults you know you're worth it we do too so don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu you're probably careful with your
5: personal information but what about the other places that have it like the doctor's office that mixed up your files they have your social security number the power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a US-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com/iheart. That's lifelock.com/iheart to save up to 40%. Terms apply.
2: T-I-K-A.com.
4: Then they said, you know, we just see them all the same. We don't see any color,
3: color
2: here. Hair.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's a classic one.
4: It's such <laughs> a classic, <laughs> and to have it thrown in my face?
1: Yeah. Because I actually think that when people say that, that they're being liberal. Yes. And That's the, but really, actually, it was such, such a harsh... Yeah, yeah, it was a
4: very harsh harsh moment of understanding, deep understanding. I don't know how every person of color has gotten through this. I I, I don't understand
1: how you could take this every day. Every day. Right, because mind you, it happens (laughs) um, in situations that it doesn't have to be with a white parent, but just putting black children in those situations where they're in an all-white environment.
4: It's not yeah, and that's what real that's yeah. what it taught me. That yeah. that was the thing that it lit a fire under me where I couldn't like be relaxed or casual. Right. But I will never be black. No matter right. how hard I try. Right. I will is. never be black. Right. That is the truth and we have to accept it. And therefore I will never be able to say to Gemma, I understand how you feel because this happened to me. Exactly. That's what's painful and hard. It made me on a mission to find a place where she was exposed to everything. It made me on a mission to put her in situations where I was the only white person, right? Or maybe there wasn't a white person. You know, right. she's with a, like a close friend, like she has really close girlfriends, and I have amazing, amazing African American moms who have been, I mean, like, how have me they helped through. you? How have, how have those African American moms? I mean, <laughs> I call them- stuff like what would you say in this situation or what would you do or what would you tell your child about this that's happening in the news like I just like to hear not everyone agrees of course everyone handles it differently but like I just need to learn I just need to learn because I can't trust all of my instincts, because I want to protect. No, I think that's great that you've put together a village of
3: of women that can actually be a lifeline for you. Right. And
4: they are. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So I found a really fantastic, inclusive school. So many cultures. Actual black kids. Right. Like, you have to look hard in L.A. Right,
1: you to do. To find, yeah. and you also Very need difficult. to find black teachers. Teachers. Right. That is
3: so important. Right? What are some it's of the... Fact. Questions that Gemma has asked you just looking at you and knowing that there's a huge difference in how you look and how She
4: looks like discussed from the get-go. There were times when she was like I say like four or five and we'd go into a place and people would look and stare and I don't know If she knows why they're staring or what she might think about why they're staring. So that was when I started to try to enter into conversation with You know, her. you're black mm-hmm. and I'm white, and I mean, look, from the beginning, she'd be like, mommy, my skin is dark. My skin is like chocolate, and your skin is like vanilla. And I'd be like, yes, it is. And this is how people are born. And melanin makes your skin dark, but also your past is that you have African-American ancestors, and they've been through so much. Right. Like, I try to make it positive every time. <laughs> right. This is where she's like two. You don't know even right. I mean? You start a baby. Age-appropriate, right. right? But also, at the same time, I have to prepare Gemma that the world is not fair, and there are racists in the world, and it's just gut-wrenching to have to do that. I
3: know that you also
4: adopted your son, who's also African-American. How did that happen? Well, that happened when Gemma was five. She started asking for a brother. She said, Mommy, I would really love a black little brother. And I was like, I totally understand, baby. I said, you know what? I'll go talk to the people who helped me adopt you, and I'm going to see. I don't know. I don't know the state of things out there. I just told them that our hearts were open and our home was open, and if a baby needs us, we're here. And so then, one day there he was. And I tell you, my daughter didn't bat an eye. She was like, there he is. Wow. <laughs> so beautiful, and then she held him, and then she fed him. And I mean, she's just the best big sister.
1: Now, see, for me, yeah. I, I so worry for you Yes. with a trying to raise a Black boy in America. I'm
4: worried, too. I mean, listen. Every day. Every day, something new happens, yeah. and I think about it, and I also have friends who have black sons, thank goodness, and I ask
1: them so many questions. But he's still really young, right? He's yeah. still only he's a one. year and a half. He's oh, one. yeah. One. So I guess you have time. You have time. I have time, time but uh, every
4: night. Yeah. Every night I worry. I mean, I just... Watch, but it comes up you know. sooner than you think. Well, I mean, you have to be on the, on the field right now. You yeah, have to be on really the field do. from the get-go. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I would ask you, because you raised sons, what did you say to them when they were little? I was telling Jaden when he was four,
3: five, six years old, no red, no blue. You are going to know right now, you live in LA, right? no red, no blue. And I was like, uh-uh, I've had too many incidents being in certain places with friends of mine who had on the wrong color. Mm-hmm. And we had to teach him early how to deal with being pulled over by the police. He and Willow tell both. Tell me,
4: tell me, tell me. Um, we started
3: talking to our boys that young, six, six years old. And even just um, being aware of your surroundings, you know, always be vigilant. You know, because things run up when you're quick. Right. And as they've gotten older, they've, they've come across real-world situations. Jaden's yeah.
1: run into situations with the police, so and has and Willow. Willow has talked about being stopped by the police and, and being terrified. terrified.
3: But just being where I was from, I like the fact that because of how I was raised and just the environments I was in, I was prepared. And I just wanted my kids to be prepared. I just didn't want them to be caught up there. Right. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Trust me, it ain't easy. Right. And we right. all do the best we can. And, yeah. you know, I just love hearing just your passion and how um, aware and sensitive, Yeah, you know, you know what you know and you're very open and talking about what you don't know. I and think you're that's a must. A yeah. constant it's a must. And being learning. willing
1: to, to learn. continue to learn and grow. Yeah. And I
4: have to. I don't want to miss something or I don't want to be... Um, under the, you know, crazy white privilege assumption that everything's going to be fine. Right. Because I can't make it fine. So we have to deal with reality and we have Mm -hmm. to prepare them. Well, you know, I just want to say to you that, um,
3: you know, I I at one point had a, a very difficult time, you know, thinking of, White families adopting yeah. black children. And I, I've gotten I I've gotten an education over the years from yeah. many people that I know who have done it. And even sitting here with you today and getting even more
1: of an education, mm-hmm. so much that we didn't understand right. or know. I definitely didn't understand that that process. Right. You know.
3: And you know, for me, one of the things that I had to, to discover about myself. Um, And and some of my bias towards it was that I was actually, my attitude towards it was actually perpetrating the very thing that I fight against, which is racism, right? And 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 exclusion. And exclusion, right? right? The idea of thinking that black children only deserve black love, you know, and that I really had to open my mind and understand that love is love. Yeah. And to say that, yes, it's challenging, but love in itself is challenging. Right, right. We, as Black parents, are challenged loving our Black children, and white parents are challenged loving their white children. Everybody's challenged in just knowing how to love. This is an important conversation. I think it it will educate people Mm -hmm. and give people a different perspective. I really, really do. I just commend you. I just really I appreciate you just coming here and and talking to us about this. You know, we'll be one of your village, one of your lifelines,
4: Thank you.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, guys.
4: We appreciate you. Okay. are you ready? Yeah.
1: Hey, everybody. We have Kristen Davis with us today. Hey. We are talking about transracial adoption. So, So swipe up.
3: Swipe
4: up. Swipe up? You got it smooth, you guys. I know. I know. <laughs> hey,
3: RTT family. Join our Red Table Talk group on Facebook. Become part of the conversation. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio.